your being goddess state is always within reach. It's a state of activating the next version of you that's always wanting to show up. It's pivoting out of the imposter syndrome, head on, eyes open, even within the darkness of this major uprising. Welcome to the rise of the Goddess Collective. I am your host, Michelle Julian, your Goddess Guide. Welcome to Rise of the Goddess Collective podcast. I am Michelle Julian, your host, and we are here today on a very hot, very hot Friday. But you know what? When you plan things, you want to follow through, even if it's hot, you know, and even if you're starting to feel a little sweaty as you're recording, we can always drink a little water because we get a little extra water here. And it's just about finding the right person when you're doing an interview that really understands what exactly does goddess mean, right? It's like rise of the goddess. What, what is that all about? Like I have friends say to me, like, you know, what is the rise of the goddess about? It's like, it's about really owning that you're a goddess and that we are all goddesses. It doesn't matter what chapter we're in our life, but we are our goddesses. It doesn't matter if you're a he or a she or a her or a they, you're still a goddess, right? So there's no discrimination here at Rise. And I am so super excited to talk with you about my guest, Gwenin. And we actually met, uh, let's see, we met probably, I think it was a couple of weeks ago through Facebook group. We both are in a podcast fa- Facebook group with Angie Griffith. And we kind of shared our podcasts with each other because that's like kind of the assignment, share your podcast and see, you know, if there's any podcasts that you want to like listen to and if you do you know give them a little like bump up give them some stars so that's what we did so I listened to hers and I absolutely immediately it's like oh my god I I actually have to like talk to this woman because she's talking about sex (laughs) and I know that my audience doesn't feel comfortable most people don't feel comfortable talking about sex and how to talk about sex, not only with your partners, but just in general, like talking about sex, like in a way that, you know, is kind of like normal. It's like just like normal conversation because like we all talk about our diets and we talk about like going on diets. We talk about like, you know, how our bodies are like in reference to losing weight and you know how you know our clothes fit and all of those you know topics that women talk about right but 
I find when I bring up topics like sex or masturbation or any of those topics, people get a little uncomfortable with that. And Gwen, she is the queen about talking about it. I'll just tell you that right now. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, you're just going to love, love this episode. So, um, What I want to do is just kind of introduce to you, formally introduce Gwenin Isaacs. She's AK Sexy Theory Gwen, and she introduces her show basically on her first episode discussing sex and sexuality throughout time and place, including the here and now. And then she says in this introduction, if you enjoy hearing, thinking, and talking about sex, give what excites us a listen. Don't you love the title? What excites us? I mean, just the title itself, you have to listen to it, okay? Because the world is like crazy right now. I mean, we went through a pandemic and now we're going through the road versus Wade and we got the Trump trial. I mean, it's just too heavy and it's too much. I need to have a little light and something exciting, something like fun, not challenging, not heavy. Doesn't mean I want to spiritually bypass. I am not a spiritual bypass person, but I do actually think it's important for our mental health to be able to talk about like sex and how it does affect our mental health, just like eating really well and exercising. So without further ado, (laughs) Wenin, Isaac, please, please share your passion, your inspiration of starting this podcast all right well thank you so much um yeah i'm gwen isaacs and uh i'm a sex coach and educator and i've been doing that since about 2017 but i grew up on the radio quite literally my parents were djs and ran uh wblm for instance way back in the day when that was an all uh, crazy new thing called FM radio. Um, <laughs> and so I cut my first station ID at two. And then I did college radio. And then I worked at a radio station. Um, and then life took some divergences as it does. And, uh, and then I came back to Uh, when I figured out that I could get paid to be a sex coach, that's something that I've been helping people with forever. I've always been very open about sex. And as you said, a lot of people are not. So I was the person that people would come to, to ask questions and talk about because I'm not judgmental at all. That's not true. Mm -hmm. I have some judgments, but usually not around sex. (laughs) Um, But so it it took a little while to figure out where I was going with that, besides just helping folks one-on-one, which I absolutely love doing. Um, 
but then I sort of remembered it. It really felt like a memory coming back or like divine inspiration. Um, you should be podcasting. You should be telling more people on a, at a wider scale. And so that's how I landed here. And you started in 2021 mm -hmm. during the pandemic. <laughs> Well, the, the plan was to do it earlier, but then there was this pandemic. <laughs> and so all the things that I needed to get in place prior to that took a lot longer. <laughs> so. Right. right. And the thing is, is even though, you know, we had the pandemic going on, you still pushed forward yes. as a goddess. You said, you know, you have that, that calling, that inspirational calling of, I need to share this information more globally. And that's what podcasting does. And I just feel like people are really understanding how podcasting can be easily um, accessible to us. We can listen while we're cleaning or we're cooking or when we're in the car. I mean, I have a lot of my favorite podcasts that I listen to. Like I listen to Gwyneth Doyle, we can do hard things. She's one of my favorite podcasters. And I love to listen to Brene Brown because I'm a dare to lead facilitator. And you know, we, I feel like podcasting is like food for the soul. So this to me, this podcast now is going to go on a list of listening to, um, because I feel like I want to be able to learn how to normalize talking about sex in a compassionate way to myself and to other people and learn, um, you know, the proper boundaries around how we talk about sex and, and just respecting other people's, you know, uh, I guess, reactions or feelings to talking about it. Um, I, but I really think the audience, my audience really wants to know more about how you work with people, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or group coaching. Can you just share a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I don't have any group coaching programs going right now. I've sort of put that aside for a minute, although I did actually get a ping like two days ago. I was like, oh, I should maybe consider doing that and then the next question was hmm, I don't know which topic I should pick and then and then I have ADHD so then I it left my brain and I went on to the next thing <laughs> um, you actually you you are being vulnerable you're admitting that you have ADHD oh, yeah. and you know I think a lot of us do but we probably don't even want to share that with people oh I am um, wide open you can ask me anything um but so because, as... know, I, bet, I bet for you you learned like all about the importance of not shaming yourself you need to start with that yourself right you're being compassionate not shaming yourself belittling yourself just knowing your strengths and things that you practice and that you need to work at. And also just kind of honoring like, you know, well, you know, that idea came to me, but now it seems to have gone. So it wasn't really probably 
really important for me to, to, you know, actualize on that. If it seems to come back to me, then you'll talk about it. So what would you like to share about your one-on-one coaching with the group, the audience? So generally, generally I start one-on-one via text or email. Now that is largely because I am tired of creepy men. (laughs) I get a lot of creepy men who want to book a discovery call so that they can wank off while listening to my voice. And I just got done with that. Um, Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, come on, hire a sex worker. They're out there. They're skilled. They're knowledgeable. That's what they're for. I love that. Thank you for being there. I'm not that. I'm a sex coach. So generally, I ask people to start with text or email. With women, that's not as important because I don't feel like they're going to be jerks. Um, Same with trans folks. Like I don't, generally, they're not going to come after me wanting to get off in 15 minutes. Um, But it starts with, whether it's via text or over Zoom or on the phone, it starts with me asking a lot of questions so that I can really figure out where you are what you want to accomplish because coaching is very much goal oriented, not a therapist, although we certainly end up doing some, you know, mild therapy, but I'm not going to probe you about your mom issues. Um, So, but we start with a lot of questions to figure out where you are and your goals. And then we make a game plan together on how we can get there. And I throw out some ideas and if they're comfortable with you, then we'll get started. And it usually involves some pretty deep opening up um, for a lot of people who don't really understand where their issues lie. So there's a lot of a lot of why, why, what, why, so that we can get to what the underlying concerns are because um, shame is at the root of a lot of it, but sometimes we don't even know that yet. Um, and then there will be some homework involved, probably. It's always fun. I never assume, I never assign uh, unpleasant homework. Um, but for instance, one of my favorite things to ask folks to do is to have a self-date so that they can really treat themselves and feel into their bodies and learn to understand actually what their desires are. Because uh, a lot of people don't even know that. They're, they're not comfortable. They haven't explored their bodies. They haven't taken themselves to a nice dinner just for the sake of doing that. They don't think of treating themselves as something important. And it absolutely is something important. So it really depends on where a person is and what they're trying to accomplish with where our coaching goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is so important because I know myself that I feel like I should know my body because I'm like in my chapter 40 and beyond. And I think, God, this is something I should really know that, you know, I like, so right away, I, I stop myself and I think I shouldn't be shaming myself, right? 
Um, if I don't know about myself, that's okay, Michelle, just because you're 40 plus and beyond doesn't mean like you should know. And you know what, actually my body's probably been changing. <laughs> so even like, even though I might have known like maybe before when I was in my mid thirties, like what excited me when I knew a little bit more about my body and probably too, because I was having more experiences younger, but now that I'm with my partner, um, it's almost like, oh, you know, he satisfies me. I feel satisfied. So, you know, I don't have to worry too much about like really what satisfies me, but what I also realize as I'm aging, the aging process, my body's changing hormonally and the desire has diminished. And I think women feel shame about that. So I'm just kind of curious, like, what do you say to the audience about their bodies not really feeling desirable? Like, what do you say about that? Okay, not feeling desirable or a change in libido, because those are two very different things. Oh, good. I'm glad we clarified that. The libido thing. The libido, definitely. Okay. So first thing is that people who were born biologically female have changes in their body that are lifelong. And so while there is that monthly hormonal shift um when it comes to actually having sex we can shift what we want in 10 seconds or less so you might want to so you might go into something feeling like oh i want this to have a really sensuous mood and then be having that sensuous mood and then turn around and say to your partner you know what i want to play rough and that's normal <laughs> that is absolutely natural all people go through that um, women more than men, but all people go through that. Now, when it comes mm -hmm. to libido and the changes that happen as we age, yes, there is a shift. Um, and for most women, that is a drop in desire that they, they just don't find themselves organically wanting it as much. Um, mm -hmm. There's no shame in that. That's just what happens because our estrogen levels are changing our testosterone levels and that's actually what makes the libido go so crazy um mm -hmm. testosterone drops off a lot during that perimenopausal and menopause time um i've had incredibly fluctuating <laughs> libido over the past couple of years and i actually had a moment that lasted a couple months where i was worried that it was never going to come back Lucky yes. for me, <laughs> I know how to fix that. <laughs> Anxiety-provoking feelings spiraling you down, thinking, oh my God, what if it never comes back? And working with you, you have tool tips to guide those people or peoples, um, persons, um, with that guidance so that that is like a huge relief and what would you say like based on you know a woman that's 40s and beyond 
are there anything like right now that you could like share with the audience? Absolutely. Tips um, to help? <laughs> so, so the first thing is to try really hard to let go of that anxiety, because as you said, it's a self-perpetuating cycle. Once you start getting anxious about something, then you build up all these crazy emotions around it, and it makes it hard to bust through that. And I know it's a lot harder to do than just saying, try to let go of it, but really try to let go of it. Um, and then here are some ways that you can do that. <laughs> the first thing is um, practice. Honest to goodness, the more sex you have, or self-pleasuring is a really good way to do this because that brings in all of your personal feelings and then it's really just all about you. Um, the more that you do that, the more that you want it. It's a self-perpetuating cycle in the other direction. It's kind of like how back when our great-grandmothers had to prime the pump on the water, you put a little water in and then the, wa the water pump starts working. It's the same thing with our libido. It, and, it, and it doesn't have to be, I'm not saying force yourself because that's again, never good. But just spend some time being sensual with your body. You don't even have to get to the vulva area, but just, you know, stroke your arm and really notice, oh, that feels really nice. I like the way that this feels or, you know, touch your breasts and feel where you enjoy feeling that and focus on the pleasure part of it. And then eventually there are other things you could listen to audio stories or you could read. Uh, Literotica is one of my favorite websites to send folks to. There's, um, uh, what are they? It's erotica, it's porn, but in, in written words. And there's also some stories there that you can listen to. Um, but just sort of fill yourself with pleasure and feel good about that. <laughs> That's the biggest part is that if it feels unpleasant, then stop. Or if you feel like you're forcing yourself, then do something else because you don't want it to become a pressured thing because that's not fun. But if you sort of retrain your brain to remember, oh, I like this thing, that's okay. And then because our bodies are changing so much um, with all the hormones and the ins and outs and, and then our lives are usually changing around this time too, um, it's okay if something that you used to like, you don't like anymore. And then you can try to find new things that you do like. And it can range from different moods of sex to, like I said, uh, inspiration from feminist porn sites or literatica or what have you, um, or just talking with your partner and saying, hey, I'd like to try something new and seeing what mm -hmm. they have to suggest. There are lots of ways to do it, but the, the trick is to just keep at it without it feeling uncomfortable. That's great advice. Speaking of talking to your partner, I am sure that's probably a very, very um, hot topic that you might work with, um, with your one-on-one -on -one clients about the comfort or discomfort of talking with 
your partner about that, depending on how long you've been with your partner. You know, if you've been with your partner, it's new. You've got those dynamics because you're not really quite comfortable yet to talk to this person that you just kind of met. <laughs> and it's all exciting anyway in the beginning. So it's probably not even an area that you have to really kind of work with the person with somebody that's new, but I'm thinking someone's been together for many, many years. Let's just say like they've been together for 15, 20 years. What ways can you kind of start the conversation without it being like uncomfortable? So I, I do get this a lot and it actually does come from um, couples and people one-on-one -on -one from, from the beginning all the way through, like you're talking about folks who have been stuck in a groove. Um, the important part is to not talk about it in the bedroom <laughs> so that so that so dirty talk or talking sexy in the bedroom it's it's a whole nother thing that it's a wonderful thing to do but it's actually part of the act of sharing intimacy but if you want to have a conversation about where your sex lives are now and how you would like them to change or shift or introduce some new things. You wanna do it in a time when you're both in a calm, centered place where there's no pressure. And if it feels really difficult, then you might wanna start by saying, hey, I have something really difficult to talk about. Is now a good time? And then giving your partner that opportunity to say, yeah, or no, how about tomorrow night after dinner because I had a lousy day at work. So you really want to be in a place where you're both calm and centered and it doesn't have to be super heavy. You just want to make sure that you're not tied up around it, you know, so that you're not coming at it with all of this emotion, um, which then if one word gets said the wrong way or a tone is not the way that you think it is, then you might fly off the handle. <laughs> <laughs> and then that makes everything go sideways. So yeah, that's really the key. Just make sure that you're both in a good place and then start small. Um, with everything that I do, it, it it's almost baby steps or mouse bites. So you don't want to start with something that feels so overwhelming you can't even get it out. You want to start with something like, hey, I've noticed that we're kind of stuck in a groove and I think I'd like to maybe shift it around. How about next time we put on some Marvin Gaye or, you know, whatever it is. And just sort of switch little bits here and there until you're in a place where you can talk about the bigger things. Because like everything else, practice, practice, practice. The more you do it, the easier it gets. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I'm just kind of curious too, because when we talk about like connecting with our partner, we really are talking about connecting in a way that is intimate and exciting and nourishing. So are there other things that you could share with the audience that would help with cultivating that intimacy before you're actually in the bedroom? <laughs> well, I think the biggest thing is to remember that intimacy doesn't mean sex. That 
building intimacy is creating that connection with the person you're creating it with. And for some people, that could just mean letting them choose what we're watching on Netflix tonight and holding hands for the evening. Um, mm -hmm. It's doing things that you enjoy doing together. Adding the sensual or sexual pieces to it is just that, it's an addition. And so if we are relying on the, on the sex to be the glue that holds our relationship together, um, we really need to think about what else matters in the relationship so that those things can also get built up because then, you know, not every t night that you have sex, is it amazing? I mean, that's just, it can't always be. It can frequently be, but sometimes, you know, you're going to orgasm too soon or he's going to touch you in a way that feels yucky or whatever it is. Um, and so then having that, like, that's okay. We'll go, you know, take a bath together or something um, exactly. to fall back on is really important. Right. Also, yeah, I, I could totally relate to that because I'm just kind of thinking, you know, with my own experience with my husband, like sometimes, you know, you know, I'll be, you know, giving him a massage and I'm loosening up his neck because I actually am a licensed certified massage therapist and occupational therapist along with my life coaching and podcasting um basically you know something can happen during that process where i'm you know massaging him and he can get excited um obviously and you know i get to choose to like either act on it or not right um so i think it's it's so true that you know, sometimes you just don't know, like, what's going to happen in the moment to be, stay curious and open to the situation and having that, you know, clear, like, boundary of like, you know, well, I'm doing this with you now. I, that's really sweet that you're getting excited. Maybe, you know, maybe you will do something about it. Maybe you won't. So it's, it's important to have that open communication and understanding like where you're at in that moment. So I think that's a really good thing to bring up that, you know, intimacy is not necessarily, you know, about sex, right? Sex is sex, right? Would you describe sex as sex? <laughs> yeah. <a> definition. <laughs> I, I want to get to that in just one sec, but I forgot to mention that yes. it's um, because I, I'm a sex coach, relationships fall into this quite a bit. So I end up doing some relationship coaching. And one of the things that's really important that I think people forget is that you have to keep working on it. You have to set aside a regular date night, um, put it in your calendar, whatever it is that works for you, you can't let it fall to the wayside. And you reminded me of another thing while you were talking that it's really important for couples to be able to say just what you said. I love that you're getting excited about this, but I'm not really feeling that right now. And for that to be okay, for that to be a regular, normal thing for either partner to say and for the other person to not get all butthurt about it. <laughs> because we are, in fact 
individual humans. <laughs> so true. Very, very true. Like you've got to really um, work on your communication. I think, like you said, outside of the bedroom. Yeah. And that is a practice and a process. And if you have hard time talking about things that are uncomfortable or necessarily like areas in your relationship that, you know, oh, we don't really talk about that, then bringing it up in like the bedroom, like, well, how are you going to bring it up in the bedroom if you can't even talk about it out of the bedroom? <laughs> right. There's right? so much charge once you're in that situation that it's really hard to navigate without getting emotionally involved in it um yeah so it's it's really important communication is hands down the key when i started posting on instagram one of my earlier posts was 90 percent of all sexual problems can be fixed with either more lube or better communication love it love it yes and yes. i stand by that <laughs> I, oh i totally agree about that and there's so much like conversation about no no not that there's conversation about it but I don't think people really even talk about you know lubrication and a way that you can um, like learn how to take care of your own needs let's say during your own let's kind of go right into this conversation about masturbation. I think women themselves are probably not really apt to, to masturbate because we've been programmed that it's like, you know, like not appropriate. <laughs> like, I don't know, it depends on your upbringing, but like I was Catholic and you're not supposed to even have sex, never mind be masturbating. <laughs> right, right. I'm on a personal crusade to change that. Um, Masturbation is the the best way to figure out what it is that you like. Um, a, a sense of self-pleasure, a sense of yourself, a sense of your body. I mean, you know, we are walking around in these meat suits, right? <laughs> we should learn how to use them <laughs> and what pleases them because um, it's all we have for this go around. So um, lube has such a huge stigma we think that we're supposed to be able to naturally lubricate and uh, you know no two people are the same so that's ridiculous to think that everybody is going to be able to do this thing ex exceptionally uh, viscously um, and a lot of people's uh, vulva juices aren't even terribly lubricious for that matter it's um you know they come in in, in all varieties from exceptionally creamy, like what you see in the average male porn, to um, to very, very thin and almost acidic in nature. So lube is such a wonderful thing. <laughs> There's so many different types of lube. There is a lube out there for you, no matter who you are, because there are all these different varieties that you can try and they're pretty cheap to, to experiment with. And a bunch of the higher end lube companies will actually send you samples. Um, 
And and for masturbation, it's 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 a life changer. It really whether or not you're using a uh, penis thing, penis shaped dildo, or your fingers or a little vibe, it really it it changes everything. Yes. Hands down, love lube. <laughs> I can imagine it does. Speaking of that, do you have any like particular? products that you would recommend to some of your clients, whether female or male, um, for their masturbation sessions? Uh, sure. Um, do, do you mean toys or lube yes. or? Toys. Yes, definitely masturbation toys. <laughs> okay. So, um, there's so many amazing toys right now. There's a, I mean, the the standard that I that I start with for women. Excuse me, I, that's not true. It really depends on where you are in your personal journey. So lately, there's been this whole new variety of toys that sends out air pulses. There's one that looks like a rose. Uh, Lilo makes one. Um, the Womanizer, I think, was what the first brand. Um, and those are very much clitoris-oriented. You just put it right on there, and it is otherworldly. There's, um, You can even get a $10 disposable one on Amazon. Um, oh, yeah, nice. really, That's really, nice. <laughs> really nice. Really um, nice. The $10 cool. one is not quite as powerful as some of the other ones but it's a, it'll definitely give you a good start and if you're not comfortable with masturbation and touching your clitoris in general it might be a really good place to start because you don't want something super powerful um 75 to 85 percent of women need clitoral stimulation to orgasm now the trick is the clitoris is not just the little nubbin that you see, it actually has a whole set of legs and bulbs that are inside under the labia. So you can have clitoral stimulation from more than just what is under the clit hood. Um, and so a lot of the people who, who don't need clitoral stimulation are still getting clitoral stimulation. They just don't know it. Um, but that's really that i bet a lot of people didn't know that you know can you listening to yeah i i have i needle felt because <laughs> i'm a very crafty person and i have a needle felted clitoris i should have brought it it's i'll send you a picture and you can add it to the show notes um sure. yeah yeah it's it's knowing our anatomy is so important and something that we're afraid to do because like you said you were raised catholic or there's other stigmas around it and some people are just not uh driven to that um but even babies in the womb touch their genitals it just feels good so finding a way that you can do that whether it's with a toy or again with your hands or with your partner show and tell is one of my another favorite assignment i i like to give um it, and it's just it's it's the best way to figure out what you like is to actually that's work on it. Wonderful. I love that, that, you know, you give people homework and you, 
you know, give them things that they're going to be successful with so they don't, you know, get too frustrated with, you know, their process and their practice and, and all of that. So what would you say um, would be like a place to start to have a conversation with you? Do you have people reach out to you via email? Or um, are you receiving like requests through, you know, Facebook Messenger? How do people reach out to you? Besides, you know, there you have your website, which we will put in the show notes. How will people reach out to you to potentially work with you one on one? Any and all of the above. Um, I am I I am on Facebook a lot. Uh, I admin some groups there, and, and that's that's my personal digital home. Um, but I am also on Instagram as Sex Fairy Gwen. I'm also on TikTok as Sex Fairy Gwen. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm pretty much out there through the e through the Earthly Desire website is great. Through the um, th my podcast, there's a button that you can just push and start talking to me, and if you leave your email, I'll get back to you that way. Any and all of the above, I am readily available. I'm not always available, but I always do respond. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, it was such a pleasure having this conversation with you. And I hope that you and I can continue having a friendship to help each other's podcasts, get out there more with more listeners so their lives can be changed in a way that's vibrant and goddessy. <laughs> so is there any one thing that you'd like to say before we end the show to the audience? Yes. The thing that most people ultimately ask me is, am I normal? And the answer is always yes. Whatever it is that you desire, whatever you think your body has done wrong, whatever you think you're not built right for, none of that's true. You are natural, you are normal, and there is somebody out there who wants to love you the way that you want to be loved. Mm -hmm. That's so, so important. Thank you for sharing that because I am sure that is a common question. Am I normal? Yeah, because really, like, what is normal? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's not what you see on Pornhub. That I can tell you. <laughs> that is not education. That is entertainment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine. That must be like a whole nother topic that you go into one-on-one -on -one with people. Comparison you know, comparing themselves to what they see on movies and movies and TV and all the things. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on here with Rise. And I am so happy that we were able to connect and find the right time and enjoy your the rest of your Friday afternoons. Try to stay cool. And remember, your activation is our activation. Bye for now.
you for being here inside the Goddess Collective. I wanted to let you know that when you come to the Collective, you are receiving free resources that help you with your self-awareness. I created free trainings for you. It's the Julian Method Goddess Activation Group. It's free and it's a face group collective to help you get started with a new way of living. Follow along and witness the power of intentionally living with me and step in to the new realm of self-care for the activated goddess. There are bare bones, basic 101 goddess tips and tools. You'll get a three-day consecutive boot camp. It's a taster of the Julian Method. I help you get started on your goddess practice. You'll find it at the Julian Goddess coaching.com and also a real special treat you can receive the being and becoming goddess oracle deck yes i birthed this during the pandemic super juicy you'll receive a published deck with a digital deck and also your own goddess activated meditation audio juicy juicy goddess things are in store for you i am so excited for you and this journey have a glorious day and remember your activation is my activation Have a great day.